Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome in episode six of the Portland Winterhawks podcast after a slight hiatus in the holiday break. We are back and better than ever, baby. Andy Dur Johnson, I am your host. And joining me now, we're doing it a little different this week. We're just jumping right into it because there's been so many moving pieces here over the last couple of weeks with uh, COVID lists and holiday breaks and trades going down. So we're just jumping right in with the play-by-play voice of the Portland Winterhawks, Nick Merrick, my buddy. First off, before we get to all the hockey and everything's going on, did, did you have a good holiday break? We have a good Christmas vacation? Andy, Christmas was great. I, I was fantastic getting some family in town. Uh, nice that we kind of got a, uh, a white Christmas kind of at the end of yeah. it, very briefly, M- more so into the weekend, of course, but it was great entertaining some family. Uh, it, w- it was nice to also just kind of hit the refresh button after, uh, you know, the first half of the season. I think the players kind of felt the same way too. Everyone came back really energized and and ready to go for the second half, and uh, that's kind of the vibe now moving into 2022. It's crazy. You get a couple week, couple games this week, and then off and running to a very busy January and February and March month. So uh, good times ahead, great holiday week, and uh, now just ready to get back to the action. Yeah, I mean, the team was, and we'll get to that. Boy, oh, boy, did they look good this week when they hit the ice back. No, uh, they looked like they, they didn't eat too many cookies. They were ready to go. So we'll get to that big win. Let's start <laughs> with the with the kind of elephant in the room. I mean, a postponement last night. And to be honest with you, man, I'm surprised that we just haven't really seen this more so throughout the year. It's a testament to how well these teams have done and how they've handled it. But uh, supposed to have a game last night. It gets postponed. So just what's going on? What's, you know, what's happening there that you can fill us in on? And how does it affect them moving forward? Well, you're right. It's obviously a shame that the game got canceled on Wednesday night in Tri-City. Um, the situation there kind of came down to uh, Tri-City goaltenders, both of them being out. Um, from what we're hearing, one of them is in protocol, and the other one who started on Tuesday, Nick Avakian, um, he ended up getting injured kind of midway through that game. So uh, had to gut out a, a, a big-time performance with only one goalie on the bench and, and stuck it out for the full 60 minutes and, uh, you know, kind of an honorary star of the game, if you will, just for, for being able to weather the storm. And uh, I don't know if it was, it was cramping or, or something with the lower body, uh, but he was he was fueling up pretty much every other whistle. And, and yeah. I could tell you a lot of Gatorade into him. So, uh, you know, it's a tough situation in this COVID world where you, you, you know, you get an injury on Tuesday, you don't have any goalies available then moving into Wednesday. And because you only have less than 24 hours to try to figure it out, don't have the time to be able to call in one of your affiliate players from Canada or from the Western United States, or um, even even get a, a new goaltender to sign and then check, you know, test negative with COVID tests. So it was just a time crunch thing uh, and, and an unfortunate injury for Avakian. Uh, I hope everything's okay. Obviously, it, it's going to take him out at least a game. It seemed like, um, but 
that was essentially the situation of what happened with uh, with the game getting canceled on on uh, Wednesday. I guess I shouldn't say canceled, more postponed. Yeah. Um, it, the, Everything I'm hearing is that they're going to try to find a way to make that game up in the second half of the season. So uh, once the league and, and the two teams kind of come together to, to find a date that's open, I'm sure they'll lock that into place. But you're right. Obviously, the COVID numbers have been up a little bit. I think that was expected from the WHL coming back from the holiday season because um, everyone had to test negative, of course, to fly in from uh, those that went into Canada. That's that new regulation. You have to you have to take that rapid PCR test and, and show negative results. So a lot of players did uh and then they get to town and they have the retest and uh you know then sometimes it catches it two days later once they actually get to the town then you 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 know you stay with your billets then you come to the practice the next day and all teams were testing that upon return to the facility so uh that's kind of the situation that happened to it the Wilmer hawks with a couple of people being a covid protocol right now um and now i think it's just uh from my understanding uh, as of right now they're still doing that 10-day uh wait so all the players who are in protocol have to wait the full 10 days, even though the CDC just changed it to five here in the States. You know, it's, it's still a league-mandated rule. And, uh, you know, you see the news in Manitoba with some of those NHL teams getting, you know, getting uh, postponed and, and rescheduled because their capacity gets restricted. And then, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big financial loss for some of those NHL clubs as well. So you're seeing it in all the sports. The World Juniors got canceled. Like, it's yeah. just a crazy time. And uh, I, I, I hope things get reeled in. I, I feel like they, they should. And I know everyone's panicking about some of these upcoming Winterhawks games. But, uh, I mean, I could say as of now in this podcast on, on Thursday that everything's still you know, according to the plan and, and things are going to go off and then you get weather mixed into it. So <laughs> it's just such a weird, weird time to come back from the breaks and get some of these hiccups. But obviously you, you mentioned it too, Andy, like the league's trying to do things the right way. Um, you know, they want to, they want to make sure they keep it all kind of contained. And, and when it does happen, you isolate the group and um, you know, hopefully we can just get through this next wave and, and have a good rest of the season. Cause right now you, you don't want to have the flashbacks of 2019, 2020 season, but that was a good winter Hawks team that was hitting at the right time. And they were robbed of a chance to play in playoffs and in hindsight now it would have been Seth Jarvis's only playoff opportunity mm-hmm. um, you know Joel Hofer's only playoff opportunity in the WHL with the Winter Hawks so uh, it's it's a little sad that that team didn't have a chance to to compete for the WHL championship now you just hope that this team is allowed to have that chance and things can kind of go smooth you know, the next month or two. Yeah. As you mentioned, Nick, I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. The NFL, the NBA, the NHL had to shut down for a week or two. So it's not a WHL problem. And you know, they always, the the priority there is number one, the health and safety of the kids. And if you're looking for a silver lining, I guess it's Tri-City. So it's a team that it shouldn't be too difficult to reschedule a game. You know, if you need to schedule a back-to-back somewhere, uh, later on in the year and and you know we for disclaimer note we make you know kind of plans on where we want to go with the podcast a couple of weeks ahead and we had made plans to get Jonas Bromberg on the podcast and uh, obviously that's not going to happen now because there was other news I had also talked to Steven Nelson about getting him on to talk about the Royal Juniors and as you just pointed out that got canceled so kind of all of our plans going out the window but let's get to the trade that happened I mean Bromberg you know leaving and that's a tough one inside the locker room from everybody I've talked to and we've had conversations about it uh, he, w- he was a beloved player but there going after an upgrade in the goaltending situation Taylor Gauthier coming over uh from from Prince George in that deal just your thoughts on the trade what it meant and then maybe if there's any more dominoes to come here before the deadline in a couple of weeks I mean I was coming back from the break and and right back when the when the trade freeze gets uplifted you see a big move and a couple 20 year olds going different directions and 
you know, Portland's no stranger to Taylor Gochi. And, it, you know, the, during a normal circumstance of a season, you end up playing Prince George four times. That's what's happening this year. Uh, of course, they didn't see him last year, but uh, he's he's a veteran of 166 WHL games. So you're getting a, a veteran goaltender to, to kind of complement in with Dante Genuzzi and, and Lachlan Gordon. And the biggest thing I, I kind of picked up from uh, Mike Johnson after the the game on Tuesday when, you know, media availability was finally a thing and, and we were able to kind of discuss one-on-one, uh, you know, just some different situations. He was saying the biggest thing for teams when they make a playoff run, you need goaltending depth and you need defensive depth. So, of course, you're trading away a defenseman, but you're adding another goaltender. So now you kind of have three you could play with. Plus, I don't think it, it wouldn't happen this year, but, of course, like from a signed perspective, you have Donovan Bodnar, who's also signed, but he's still currently playing, um, you know, up in Canada, and, and he'll probably be an expectation to, to come to keep spot next season uh, with the, some of the guys we're mentioning right now. But it just adds extra level of competition. I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how things shake up. Of course, it's it's always, uh, you know, from a goaltending perspective, it's a little tough when you get the extra battle coming in because there's just fewer spots there. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure Mike Jackson's goaltenders on his roster because it's hard to find all three goaltenders playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's going to be, I'm, I'm expecting some kind of uh, smaller move or maybe a more major move. You know, we'll find out. But I'm sure there's going to be some kind of movement there to get that three down to two. Um, and then, you know, if it's, if it's Taylor Gauthier and Dante Genucci, if it's Taylor Gauthier and Lachlan Gordon, Mike, Mike said that he just wants to have the best one-two combo he, ha- he can going into playoff season and making this push because the deadline's coming up in a couple weeks. So uh, teams have a little bit of time to kind of work these kinks out and, and see if they can kind of find some, uh, see where the dominoes fall and some other teams in the league then end up, you know, acquiring different players. And then it becomes, oh, well, if, if Seattle's adding guys, then maybe we should add guys. And if Everett's right. adding people, then do you want to make a move? So it's this funny navigation of when you – it's almost a very reactionary uh, market. I feel like that's the best way of describing it for fans. That Teams don't often you – know, I feel like from Mike Johnson's standpoint, he, he wants to improve the team and wants to do what he can to make a good playoff run. Uh, but you're also going to kind of keep an eye on the other teams. Mike Johnson doesn't do so as much, but – you know, you, you tend to see teams always have those discussions when you're crossing in, in locker room situations. And oh, did you see the move that Vancouver just made? Uh, you know, I wonder if Kelowna is going to make a move to counter it. So, like those those kind of conversations always tend to happen uh, here in the hockey world. So, uh, the first domino for the Hawks fell, but in hindsight, you know, you looked at it in the same day. Seattle made a big move too, and they added a uh, an NHL player in Lucas Stakovsky from Medicine Hat. So it's interesting this time of season when you're going to get a ton of trades. Um, and I'll go back to it too. I, I know trade deadlines players, you know, uh, fans rather love seeing trades. They love to get acquisitions. They love when you get a, a, you know, a player like Gauthier, who's just a great character kid from everything we heard. We've been a part of his leadership group and Prince George had he been able to wear an A on his Jersey as a goaltender, of course, in the league's league rules, you aren't allowed to. So the Hawks are adding another leader and a, and a vocal leader that frankly, they kind of need right now in the locker room. They have really good players really good guys and they gel really well but you need that one guy who's going to be vocal in the locker room mm-hmm. kind of like a Nick Chichek was last year like a Johnny Ludwig was the year before so that that's lacking a little bit on this team and I think Mike Johnson also realized that too so uh, you get a you get a vocal goaltender that can kind of help add to that I know Lachlan Gordon and Dante Genuzzi are probably two of the more local uh, vocal guys as well in the locker room so and kind of having a, a voice from the goaltenders now is going to be is going to be a nice change for uh, the Winterhawks and uh, sorry to make it a long point of saying, you know, Mike doesn't like trading players, 
because when when he drafts them, he wants to grow them here, and it's the relationship you make with the families. It's 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 the relationship you make with that player, the mm-hmm. billet, uh, their agents if they have it going pro. So it's very personal here in Portland, um, and I, I, that's what we always talk about too. Of of the uh, twenty three players on the roster before going into the holiday break, all but one. Um, was from Portland. It was homegrown. The only exception there was Curtis Smythe. He was drafted in the WHL by Saskatoon and then quickly traded to Portland. So essentially the Winterhawks have had Curtis Smythe since the beginning. They just didn't select him in the draft. Um, so, it, you know, it's, it's hard when you get these trades. I mean, players go back, uh, you, know, you go back and get some big moves at the Winterhawks in, in, in recent years, and it's tough. Nobody likes losing players. Um, that's why you always see those Joel Holford type of trades where you trade away, uh, you know, you trade a ton of pick capital because mm-hmm. the Hawks always find a way to find good talent. And then you acquire a player, but you don't have to lose a player. So this year when you had to trade away a couple of 20-year-olds and Kate Nolan earlier this season, uh, you just traded away Jonas Bromberg because you had to move a 20 to get a 20 uh, to keep under the three limit. It's, it's kind of a crazy time. But also for fans, just a good little knowledge point to keep that in the back of your mind too, that uh, of course there could be some moves still coming, but uh, – don't think Mike Johnson doesn't take that note that we just talked about lightly, that he, he looks at these men and wants them to be a winter hawk pretty much for life. Yeah, he, he brought that up. And, you know, every time you talk to him, he loves developing guys and the personal relationship that you touch on, then even the aspect of them being in school and having to transfer. There's just a lot that goes into trading guys at this level that doesn't necessarily exist at some of the other levels of hockey, especially at the professional level. And you're getting Gauthier, I mean, a guy that's, you know, played for Canada and World Junior Championships. He's, you know, showed up on central scouting lists. So he's had a great career and, and, and obviously a big upgrade there. And we'll see how the battle plays out. Um, you, you, you talk, Nick, about the way this team is playing and gelling and we highlighted it at the start of the year when we began this podcast of sometimes it takes Mike Johnston teams to find their groove a bit and kind of find their their style and their footing and figure out the system and obviously getting Jaden DeRoe back was a huge boost but I mean seven out of nine yeah. they've now won and finished the, the, the first half on a high note they start off on a great note they've gotten points I believe in eight of their last nine games like it feels like they're starting to put it together and you look at the standings now in the U.S. division inching slowly but surely up that list I mean it, it does this team, now that you're watching it, feel like they're, they're they're finding their groove a little bit? Oh, without a doubt. 100%, Andy. It's always so interesting, too, because, uh, you know, even even in a season like this, Mike Johnson and his staff and, and all the scouts, they, they always find a new way to amaze me because you, you look at the makeup and just thinking, man, in October, like, this team's just not firing, but on paper, they should be really good. What's going on? And <laughs> right. I think that's kind of what we talked about in the previous episode where, uh, you know, I, I, I had questions. But it's hard to, you know, to kind of vocalize in the side and like, God, but you're thinking, like, man, is this going to be a, a kind of a down season? Like, there's a lot of good players in that locker room. Like, what's kind of going on? And then all of a sudden, Mike Johnson always sticks to the system and just says, just wait. He always says, Christmas break, the holiday break, that's when we evaluate the team. And then what you just say, team has eight points in eight out of the last nine, moving into the New Year's Eve game. Uh, you know, they're trying to catch Seattle in the standings. I think it's very much a likelihood now that, you know, they, they put themselves behind the eight ball, being behind uh, Seattle and Everett, a little too too long of a reach too early on in the season, but they're going to probably close that gap a little bit. And they, they might start contending for that number two seed once, you know, another month rolls around. We'll have to find out. Um, but it's really interesting. This team is playing really well. And Mike Johnson, since day one, when, when, uh, when he was like saying, hey, I hope we get Seth Jarvis back, basically everyone would want a Seth Jarvis back because then you know you really have a championship push team, just a player who could put up over 100 points in the WHL. Um, you know, you don't get him back. He stays in Carolina. He's doing tremendous things. Then you look into the next thing, and Mike said, all right, well, we got to score by depth. Like, this is a by committee approach. I don't yeah. have that 
number one superstar like a Seth Jarvis, uh, like a Cody Glass this year. But I have so much depth and so much pro talent that we just need the whole team to come together. And all of a sudden, you see the game on Tuesday, and they do that. You know, you come back from a break. Uh, I think I think I had those extra cookies, Andy, that you said that they didn't eat. I was eating them. Uh, back in my new home uh, with family, but boy, do they come out playing well. Like Jack O'Brien was a guy who really stood out. He was, he was buzzing all over the place. Eight different players scored. O'Brien had two goals. Uh, you score a season high, nine goals. Now I, I know Tri-City was a little banged up. Um, I, I get that, but keep in mind, Portland didn't have the luxury of Jaden Durow or Cross Hannis. That's two top five scorers out of the lineup for Portland and they still, still scored nine goals. So, it's that next man up that I'm saying the team's got it in them. Like, it's there. It just needs to be tapped into. Like, just kind of – it's not, not a poke the bear, but like, okay, you know, when are they going to when are they gonna get going? And, and now all of a sudden the month has been a really good wake-up for the Winterhawks, and they're, they're turning the corner into a good season. Um, now you, you go on a nice run like this in December, and you kind of keep it hot and maybe go on another run in January or February – once this run inevitably will stop eventually, because it, it, all runs have to stop, right. uh, then then you're looking scary moving into the postseason play, and the teams are looking at you. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to go on, because now the scoring touch is there. I think there's a few things defensively. That's why uh, Gochi is kind of going to help, because, you know, of course, with, with him and, and Januzzi and Gordon um, as the three on roster right now, like they, they've, they've had their work cut out for him for sure sometimes because there have been some mistakes. Uh, just because you, I, I think on Tuesday, there were 17, uh, four 17 year old defensemen in the lineup. So yeah. it's, a, it's still a younger defensive core. You only have one 20 year old now on the back end with Clay Honest. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of growing pains in terms of there, but they're, they're really skilled defensemen. Again, they just kind of need that game time to develop uh, kind of an officially their first full season because many of them, I, I say it's their second year, but then you have to remember, oh, yeah, it's their second season, but they only played 24 games last year. And they didn't play in front of the fans, and they weren't playing for playoffs. They were just playing for their own development where it was kind of like a, you know, almost like a pickup game with, with really talented players. Um, so it's a different animal this year, and it's going to be really fun to see what this uh, Winter Hawks team could do going into 2022 because uh, maybe I'm not 100% hopping on. Like, I know I'm big-time biased. Like, and I'm not going to jump on and say this team is going to win a championship, but they could – Go, they can get hot. They can go on a run, and then things can be really interesting going into playoffs. And uh, I would never rule out a championship run because this team knows that, you know, you, you get hot at the right time, you can click and, and really, really, uh, you know, kind of turn some heads. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you mentioned the depth scoring. I mean, they had that game against Everett that was kind of the eye-opener, seven different guys scoring, and then you top it on Tuesday, eight different guys scoring a goal, nine you know goals in the game, a, a season high. That was awesome to see coming out of the break and, and to see him playing at that yeah. level. Um, you know, I, I was curious to ask you about this, too, and, and it's one thing I think some, maybe fans are forgetting about. Is the playoff format changed this year where now you don't have to finish in the top two of the division? Does that change their game plan at all going forward? Maybe being more aggressive, realizing you could finish in third and still get home ice advantage in the first round. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it necessarily changes the approach. Uh, I, I feel like the, in terms of getting into the playoffs, because the West only has 10 teams, eight of them are going to make it in. So that part's still relatively similar to what it is in the past. They're just going to do more blending of the BC division with the U.S. division. Um, but that's, I mean, that's a good point, Andy. I think what we always hear Mike Johnson say is he'll take advantage of those playoff moments in season 
when you can find them. Um, had the game happened yesterday, I think that would have been a great example of one. Albeit yeah. a little bit too hard of a schedule. Four four games in five nights is brutal. That's hard for anybody. So um, maybe in a weird, selfish way, it might be a good thing that game's getting pushed back a different time just to <laughs> – yeah to kind of save the players a little bit coming right out, out from a break. I know they're well-rested, but, um, you know, that's tough. That, that's a hard way to come in and, and endure. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think playoff time uh, in February as well is, is one you look at because I think the team plays Spokane five straight games, mm. and that's one I guarantee you that Mike Johnson will look at, and they're going to say, okay, we're playing, we're playing Spokane five. It's a best-of-five playoff series. Let's, let's go out there and win game one. Yeah. Um, which is good because then it's hard to simulate playoffs experience like that. So that's typically what they'll do with them. They don't focus as much about the seating. Uh, they kind of focus on what they can control themselves in the locker room and, and on the ice. And that's just, okay, let's win this game. Now if we're up one, nothing. Can we win the next game? Which would have put a, you know, quote unquote, it would put us up two nothing in the series coming back to home ice. Um, or we're now we're going on the road. If you, if you play those uh, first two games at home. So uh, that's kind of how they'll simulate playoffs. Otherwise you just look forward and hope that, you know, you do the right things each night to get the wins or get the extra points. If you're behind to force overtimes to put yourself in the standings in a good spot. And it's a great way to kind of utilize that regular season schedule to simulate what, what the postseason is going to look like. It'll be here before we know it. And Portland looking like they're heading there. Now, I'm I'm glad because you're you're a big celebrity now that you're still willing to come on the podcast of Sports Center Fame. I mean, we get a goal at the end of the before the holiday break and what a way to end it, man. The 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 you know, du- duplication of the the Trevor Zegras goal over the net, hand it to Stefan. I mean, walk me through that when you're calling that play and it's happening in real time. That was, that was incredible. So cool to see them show up on Sports Center. That was the coolest play I ever seen live in person without a doubt. <laughs> The fact that that was pulled off in-game was incredible. I mean, knowing Klaus Hannes, obviously, for the last couple of years, he's done the Michigan goal. He's done it twice yep, yep. in a Portland sweater. So you've seen it. You've been done. It's kind of one of those, um, not that it's becoming an old trick, but you, you, you realize quickly that it's just a skill thing. Like, players can do it. Players can do it. If you practice enough at it, you're going to make it happen. It's kind of one of those, like, if you want to learn it, you can just, you know, keep trying and keep practicing it. So, um, you know, of course, you got to have the skill to start with. But when you're in the Western League, you're going to have that skill to begin with. Um, but the fact that he did it twice in the Michigan goal was, was pretty impressive. But then when he scored this one, I don't know why. It was just something – it was something <laughs> of the fact that he just saw it happen essentially for the first time, albeit – who knows? It might have been done in, in some, you know, rinks on a non – um, you know, an undisclosed game and something right, that right. Beer league hockey game down. or something, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just some, just some former college players or pro players dinking around. But when you see this happen in the NHL in early December and then it gets replicated by Cross Hannis and James Stefan, literally 10 days later, that's what kind of spoke volumes to it. It's like, wow, this is – it's kind of cool because it's, it's someone in Zegris who's, you know, just turned 20 – uh, Cross Hannis a year behind him in age, and it's something that they're kind of you know if they would have played together, I'm sure they'd be probably friends, or you know they they definitely know of each other because they're both part of USA program. Um, you know when they when they played under 17, under 18, under 20 levels, and and going to all those camps and whatnot. You don't necessarily play in the same bracket, but you you'll cross paths every once in a while, and you'll know of each other. Um, so it's it's kind of cool when you see that moment happen, and the fact that he faked it in the second period too is is what what kind of drew my eye. Like That's he so knows cool. he could do the Michigan goal where he could where he could scoop it up. So he faked it in the second period, and nobody collapsed on, nobody converged. They kind of just stayed at the posts. 
So he took that knowledge, went back to the locker room, came out in the third, and then the same situation happened just on the other side of the rink, behind the net, two goalies at the post, went down and faked it, saw, okay, they aren't going to come to me, scooped it up, threw it over the crossbar and tried it. <laughs> and uh, apparently him and, him and Stefan talked about it beforehand. They said, all right, let's, uh, if we get a situation, let's give it a go. Like, why not? <laughs> and that, that was the – I don't know how to describe it. Like, it was just a – Big boost of energy when when you get off the uh, uh, you know you get off the ice and back in the bus because that team was just lit up grinning ear to ear. Uh, everyone was you know just amazed that it happened and it was the talk of the bus ride home and everyone seeing it come up in the PSN and Sportsnet and then Sports Center at night. And everyone's talking about it and big name hockey personalities are talking about it. So it was really cool. It was it was essentially a a viral goal for the Winter Hawks and it just kind of shows you the skill that you see and. And then you yeah, fans here know it, but fans who don't tune into the Winterhawks too much, they kind of realize like, oh, you know, you, you almost look when it's too late. Oh, he's playing for Detroit Red Wings now. Well, where was he in juniors? Oh, he was right. in Portland. He was right down the road. Darn. Like I missed my chance to see him. Cause then you'll miss some plays like that. So very cool moment. Uh, it's just really, really fun to see that overall excitement too. And, and a heck of a skill play. Now I'm sure teams are going to figure it out and it's going to be kind of come to like that Michigan lacrosse style goal, but um, it's just another, you know, another, uh, weapon in the arsenal, if you will. Yeah, that was so cool, man. That, I, I have to imagine your phone blew up, right? I mean, seeing your call all over the place, you had a great call on that goal, too. Like, that had to have been a fun moment just for you as a broadcaster to kind of see that call go viral. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I think it's it's uh, it's cool. It's it's fun where, where when you see the video get picked up and uh, less so of the call, more so of the work that uh, Peter Dewar, who also goes in our, our social media department, we don't bring him up too often yet, but he, yeah. he started with us before this season and and him and I were trying to find ways to get that out and of course naturally you're going to find it when it's such a big play like that but to see it on NHL's Instagram and then ESPN Sports Center top 10 and TSN and people are sending this video from Hockey Night in Canada and and uh, you know they're chatting about it up up north so it, it really went all over the place there were some local writers that of course wanted to pick that one up as well but uh, when it gets that national stage and you start seeing the play and you see the Winter Hawks then of course yeah it is cool it is cool when I see your call behind it like wow like I was a part of that moment like he doesn't yeah. sit in as much but it's more so for the players but of course in the back line you're always kind of like oh it was kind of neat like I <laughs> it's cool to pop open your feed and all of a sudden like NHL.com or uh, you know NHL's Instagram story uh, ends up blowing up because they're they're on a break and they decide to share the share the video and you're like no that's it's a neat it's a neat moment too just for the Hawks and uh, uh, yeah frankly I guess myself too yeah I mean you, you hear that it's just it's a, it's a hey I know that guy yeah that's Nick Merrick I know that guy he's calling that goal yeah. man that was so cool what a great way to end the first half hopefully they got some more tricks up their sleeve for New Year's Eve and, and let's get to that I mean uh, you know obviously the the postponement last night and now you're going into a New Year's Eve game which is one of the more enjoyable for fans and we'll get to that and kind of the, you know what goes into it in the after you know game celebration that happens in a moment but you're taking on Seattle a team that is going to be right there with you fighting for playoff positioning maybe a future second round matchup or something depending on how things shake out they're one in three against Seattle so far this year but now the way that schedule's backloaded including Friday nine more games against Seattle going forward the rivals from the northwest just your thoughts on the matchup and, and how that's going to shake out and shape the race in the U.S. division going forward because these two teams are going to see each other a ton yes it couldn't come at a better time honestly i love when you get those more uploaded in the schedule 
Uh, like a good example there is that it felt like the Winterhawks have played the Everett Silver Tips about six or seven times already. Uh, so the fact they've only played, I think, Seattle three moving into this New Year's Eve game is fun because you get those nine extra matchups. Both teams are, are always have an extra intensity on the ice. Uh, they, they know that both fan bases kind of dislike each other, uh, but it's a, it's a playful dislike for the most part. Like it's a very fun rivalry, and, and I kind of saw that really since day one. You know, when you come in, you're trying to keep your eyes open. Okay, what what who's the biggest Hawks rival? Who should I keep an eye on? What what fan base do I have to kind of hone in on? And and of course, Seattle's one that comes to the forefront <laughs> yeah. right away. So with 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 these games coming up, it's crazy. Like the New Year's Eve game, it's a tradition for the Hawks. So I love it that it was moved earlier as well. So yeah. it kind of allows everyone to have some flexibility with their nights. Um, they could tune into your beautiful voice on the broadcast too for, <laughs> for some of those games as well. So another reason just to tune in on, on a Portland CW TV broadcast. So it's, it, the games will be broadcasted locally on television. Um, and then of course you're, you know, it's going to be a, a full on party and, uh, a lot to celebrate moving forward in the 2022 and, and a lot to hopefully put in the rear end in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the, the current situation with this yeah. world of what we open a show with on COVID-19. We hope we can kind of like, move on from that part and, and you know you can kind of get rid of those demons that have probably been been uh, uh eating you up in 2021 and then just have a great night of hockey and watch two fun teams that are battling and really want to kind of put on a show for the fans and both teams really want to win these games so nobody takes the night off nobody takes a shift off uh i don't even know what i'm gonna expect in this one too andy like it, it's gonna be just kind of a different feel coming back from a break i'm just kind of excited to see my first portland seattle game again and get in the swing of things and uh it's gonna be fun because these teams are gonna be no strangers moving into january and february and march and who knows maybe with this new playoff format you, you could see each other again in the postseason but um you know it maybe wouldn't be round one at least how things are shaped right now but maybe round two or three if if the teams can make it that far it'd be uh Really, really exciting to see that rivalry kind of extend as late as we can into the season. I, I remember talking to Jaden DeRoe and asking him the places that he enjoys playing and kind of where he likes going and the U.S. division. He, he loves playing in Seattle. So your, your point is some of those guys yeah. getting these late-season atmospheres, whether they be at home, they love playing in front of the home fans, but they love going up there to Seattle because they bring energy. And, if, you know, Jaden DeRoe, I think, had the line, he loves getting heckled, man. Bring it on. They love that energy, getting booed when they're taking the Portland sucks chance. It's such a great rivalry. It'll be great to kind of renew it on uh, uh, tomorrow night on New Year's Eve. Now, I got to ask, are we going to see you on the ice after the game? Are you going to be in the, the post-game skate down there? You know, it's going to be bizarre. I don't, this is the first year that the Hawks have had to leave since I've been here after New Year's Eve because they oh. have an early New Year's Day game. So, uh, coaches wanted to get the players in the bus right away. So, actually, I think I'm going to be ringing in the New Year on the bus. Probably, we'll probably just be past Seattle pulling into Everett when the clock strikes midnight. So, that's going to be a little different year for me. Um, but there, there's a 4 p.m. game on Saturday up in Everett, so uh, you know, kind of one rivalry game to another rivalry game. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I'll even have the time because I'll probably have to help pack the bus a little bit. You know, pretty <laughs> much be pack up the stuff, load it up, and grab my suit for the next day, get my overnight bag, and, and we're off and rolling. Uh, but I should touch back, too, on one thing, Andy. I, I know I just gave Seattle a lot of love for uh, the energy there, but it, it, I just need to reiterate, it's the same here at the BMC. Oh, I think for it's, sure. it's kind of exciting. When, when you see the Seattle fans travel to Portland, you see Portland fans travel to Seattle, that's what kind of elevates the fan bases to want to cheer that much louder and, and kind of get into it that much more. So I hope everyone's ready to, you know, from Portland side, I'm sure they are, but, uh, you know, let's have it a fun night. Let's let's get loud. Let's get into these games and, um, you know, let's kind of treat these Portland Seattle games like, like the big playoff series they could be. Um, and, and just overall just have, have a, uh, a happy and safe new year and enjoy some 
while we're at it. Absolutely, man. Amen to that, too. I mean, the atmosphere, we were there doing the TV game for the Teddy Bear Toss. It was it was great. Just so loud. And to see people celebrating and the way this team's playing right now, I mean, it's hard to find a better draw in this city. Hell, the way the Blazers are going, there is, there is no better draw in this city right now than what the way the Winterhawks got it going. And that atmosphere, I'm sure, is going to be great Friday. And, and seeing the energy from both fan bases is great. And that's what makes rivalries fun. It's not, uh, wasn't quite the same calling those games with no fans in the barn last year and having it packed again this year. Uh, it, it's going to be awesome. You know, I'll just, I'll kind of close here, Nick, and looking ahead and the way this team's playing, you know, they're making trades and the deadline's coming up in a couple of weeks. Just as we kind of reset things at the halfway point going into the second half, what what's the biggest area of strength you think they lean on in the second half of the season? And then what's the biggest area where you think Mike Johnston is circling pregame and in practice and saying, this is where we need to clean things up a little bit in order to be the team that we know that we're capable of being? I think goal scoring is the biggest strength. That's the easy one right now. Um, Mike Johnson teams are always high scoring games. You know, more often than not, you're going to look at a box score and see a five, three winter Hawks win compared to a two, one winter Hawks win. Um, so I think that's something that's going to really benefit them moving into, into this new year, the second half of the season. Um, and obviously it's got to, it's got to kind of stay the pace because you look back at those October, November games, the Hawks were kind of scoring two or three goals. They weren't scoring the six, seven, eight for seeing now. So uh, maybe that's why they took some losses because they're allowing more goals than early on in the season. Uh, I think when you could play with the lead, that's always good. Uh, something probably to work on is, is well, the, the biggest thing I, I know for the fans, I've been saying it a million times in the broadcast, but the team just hasn't put together many complete games of, of a full, you know, a full yeah. 60 minutes. So yeah. I'm sure that will be a focus. Now, more recently in December, they've been doing a lot better. I think of the nine December games so far, probably about six or so have been complete 60-minute game, so that's a step in the right direction. Um, but it, uh, it's a little hard to say, too. I think this is a team that obviously wanted to fine-tune something on the defensive side, which is why they're bringing in Taylor Gauthier um, to try to help clean something up and get some more goaltending depth. Not that the goaltenders themselves have been a problem. It kind of all helps with the, the five skaters in front of them. I don't, I don't <laughs> think there's an issue with, with Gordon or Januzzi. I think it's more so just if you want to make a run, I think Mike recognizes he has a younger defensive core, um, so it's gonna, you know, it's not like they're gonna pop off like they did when they had the Keone Texeras and Troy Rutkowski's who have played over 200 WHL games. Right. Now you have Clay Hannes who's, who's reached that milestone, which is an impressive milestone to hit. Um, you know, it's probably the equivalent in the NHL if you hit uh, maybe like 800 games played. So it's it's a lot. Like the fact that that happens is very is very cool. Um, but you're younger, so I think there's a little. I don't want to say fear. Fear is the wrong word. But if, if there's an area of improvement, I'm sure it'd be on the defensive side because you just have some young players and they haven't handled as much adversity as you would think because they didn't even have a full first rookie season since it wasn't like a playoff year. And that was what I alluded to earlier where you only had 24 games. I think you're going to want to fix the defensive side a little bit and, and kind of just kind of come together as a unit because they've had some really good games recently. There's been some clean passing because Portland loves to play a transition game. But you notice that when the team gets hemmed in their own zone, they're stuck a little bit, and the forwards aren't clicking with the defensemen, and all of a sudden the puck's kind of just cycling in front of their, you know, your home goaltender. Right. That's, that's where the trouble kind of lies because then younger players will make mistakes, and that's when the other teams will capitalize. But if you kind of just work that fluidity a little better and, and they keep focusing on that moving into this year because that's what Mike Johnson was saying after the game on Tuesday. He, he thought the team was really moving the puck well, and, and they, uh, you know, they kind of recognized that Tri-Cities defense, for an example, that they're, they're kind of a little weaker. So they said, let's, let's drive them. Let's, let's go out wide and, and just outskate them, outwork them. And they did that. So 
Um, they have they have really good game plans going into games, which is kind of the execution part of it. So uh, we'll see. I think the team will make the next step. I feel like this uh, more of the December month is going to be what we're used to seeing. I feel like the scoring will stay high. Of course, you're going to have a couple of duds, but overall, I feel like you're going to be more around the four or five goals per game average than a two or three. So um, it. Uh, you know, it feels like it's winter hawks hockey again. No doubt about that, and it's uh, it's a great place to be living when you're scoring that many goals per game, and you got the offense clicking. It makes everything else easier, it makes your uh, margin of error a little bit wider, and uh, gives you some room to breathe in some of these games. But they're hitting on all cylinders, man. It's been fun to watch that great game on Tuesday night, the nine to two win over Tri City. Eight eight different guys scoring a goal in that game, a season high in goals, and we'll see if it continues. And we get a Portland Seattle New Year's Eve game. It's going to be awesome for fans. They get a chance to celebrate New Year's Eve and skate on the ice after the game it's one of those ones that you kind of circle on the calendar at the start of the year so things are heating up and we're all knocking on wood that uh hey we're you know this is going to go on full steam ahead and we're going to have some healthy teams and healthy players going forward but thanks buddy for as always for hopping on giving us the update and the insight on what's been happening and we'll look forward to catching up again next week and the trade deadlines around them it's just always new news so we always appreciate it man thanks absolutely no i appreciate jumping on with me again uh andy inviting me and uh glad to hear you had a uh, i know we didn't talk about it on the broadcast not to hear you you had a good holiday season and, and for the fans who stuck out to the end here i think uh and i'll work on getting some good guests lined up for our next episode and, and maybe a couple of those new faces with with gochier and if there are any more movements maybe we'll try to uh get at least a little spotlight feature on them so we you can uh, get introduced some new guys in the room all right my thanks again to nick merrick for hopping on episode six of the portland winterhawks podcast we always enjoy those conversations yeah we we had kind of planned out how we wanted this podcast to go and had plans to bring on jodas bromberg and get a kind of one-on-one in-depth interview with him because he was beloved inside that locker room and obviously that went up in the air this week with the trade going down and then i had reached out to steven nelson who was a part of the broadcast for the world junior tournaments to have him on to kind of highlight the world juniors and i know such a fun week for hockey fans all over the world to get to watch that competition and it is just getting started and uh, that get that got canceled, so everything's getting thrown up in the air. But such is the world we live in uh, nowadays, and hopefully things kind of you know figure their way out going forward. We don't have too many postponements, and it's a great sign. It looks like everything is at least on plan and ready to go for this weekend and a great New Year's Eve game. If you haven't been to that one, it's a one to put on your bucket list every single year for the Hawks. It's all it's so much fun, a great atmosphere for the fans, great place to take the kids and got the on-ice skate after the game and celebrate New Year's Eve on the rink. It's a not many places better to celebrate New Year's Eve than at a Portland Winterhawks game, one of the great traditions that happens every single year. Well, thank you so much for listening. Episode 6 of the Portland Winterhawks podcast. I hope you all had a great uh, holiday break just like the Hawks did and they're back Getting ready to go here. The second half of the season has officially kicked off. As as we kind of teased there, we're going to hope to have Taylor Gauthier, the new goaltender, on in, in a feature episode here uh, next week. That is the plan, at least as of now. We'll see how things shake out and when he can get into town and COVID protocols and all that stuff. But would love to get to know more about the new Hawks goaltender, and they're very excited about him over there and what he can do and how he can help this hockey team going forward. So keep an eye out for that one. Maybe a change in the schedule where we go back-to-back weeks with a podcast after a slightly long longer break here during the holidays but thank you so much for tuning into the portland winterhawks podcast wherever you find your podcast 1080thefan.com the odyssey app you can find it on itunes podcast in apple you know wherever you're going you can find this podcast and we thank you for listening so far and looking forward to a great second half of the season for a portland winterhawks team that is hitting their stride don't forget you can tune into the game tomorrow as well on portland cw portland and seattle a rivalry renewed between the two u.s division northwest rivals until next time thanks for Tuning in, I'm your host, Andy Dirt Johnson. Go on.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.